Long COVID in Nursing Homes, Part 1, a conversation with Shirley Sullivan. Good afternoon and welcome to our series of webinars focused on bringing you information about COVID-19 related topics. The information in these weekly webinars is geared toward long-term care and skilled nursing facilities, but we encourage everyone who is interested to attend. Today, we will be talking about long COVID in nursing homes. My name is Kathy Caldell. I'm a communications specialist with Quality Insights, and now I'd like to introduce our guest today, Shirley Sullivan. Shirley has been a nurse for 25 years. For 12 of those years, she has been here at Quality Insights working on quality improvement, and she currently works as a quality improvement specialist with our QIN-QIO nursing home project. Shirley, welcome, and thank you for joining us today to give us an overview of long COVID. Thanks for having me. Welcome, everyone. So you're going to talk about um, long COVID, but I understand that there is not a consensus on what it should be called. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Um, Long COVID is known by many names, um, including post-COVID conditions, long-haul COVID, post-acute COVID-19, post-acute sequela of SARS-CoV-2 infection, long-term effects of COVID and chronic COVID. Now, all of these explain the same condition, um, but the CDC calls it long COVID or post-COVID condition. So moving forward, um, I'll be using the CDC terms. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about what long COVID is? Yeah. So, um, you know, there's still a lot to learn about COVID-19 and long COVID. You know, most people with COVID recover and return to their normal lives within a couple weeks. Yet some people experience new or ongoing symptoms that last for months or years. Now researchers still don't know exactly why some people develop long COVID and what determines the conditions that they will have. But it is known that long COVID can greatly impact a person's overall health and keep them from being able to return to their normal daily activities. Now, anyone who gets sick with COVID-19 can develop long COVID. However, it is more common for people who had severe COVID illness to experience long COVID symptoms. So people who are not vaccinated against COVID-19 and get sick may be at a higher risk of developing long COVID compared to people who are vaccinated. And then there's not a test to confirm if someone has long COVID. And, th- um, and this is because the symptoms are understood to be what is called an effect of SARS-CoV infection. Um, and most people you know, with long COVID have previously tested positive for long COVID, I mean, sorry, for COVID-19. However, it's possible that someone can develop long COVID symptoms even if they have mild or they were asymptomatic infection. And since asymptomatic people who have COVID often do not get tested, it is possible to develop long COVID even if the person never tested positive to COVID-19. And and people with long COVID can have a wide variety of symptoms that could come from other health problems. And this can make it difficult for healthcare providers to recognize long COVID symptoms. And what are the symptoms of long COVID? Now, someone um, is considered or likely to have long COVID if they are still experiencing symptoms uh, for four or more weeks after the initial infection per the CDC. Now, what are some of the commonly reported symptoms? Um, 
that are uh, reported are fever, um, tiredness or fatigue that interferes with daily life, post-exertional malaise, um, which includes symptoms that get worse after physical and mental effort. It's typically uh, start in 12 to 48 hours after activity, and it can last for days or weeks after the person's exertion. There's also uh, respiratory and heart symptoms um, like difficulty breathing and shortness of breath, cough, chest pain, heart palpitations. Um, and then there's also neurological symptoms of headache, uh, difficulty thinking or concentrating, often referred to as brain fog, sleep problems, uh, dizziness when you stand, lightheadedness, pins and needles and um, you know, feelings of pins and needles, uh, a change to the smell or taste, uh, depression or anxiety. There's also uh, digestive symptoms of diarrhea, stomach pains that is reported, and then some other general symptoms of joint or muscle pain, rash, changes in menstrual cycles, autoimmune conditions, and also something what they call a moldy organ effects, which is um, involves many parts of your body, including your heart, lungs, kidney, skin, and brain. And these moldy organ effects uh, can lead to new conditions, um, like new diagnoses they're finding of diabetes, uh, hypertension, and neurological conditions. And um, some Long COVID uh, symptoms are not explained by test. Uh, clinical evaluations and results of routine blood tests and chest X-ray and electrocardiograms may show as being normal. Um, and people with long COVID may develop or continue to have symptoms that are hard to explain and manage. And some of these symptoms may come and go, making it much harder to diagnose. Are there certain groups that are more likely to develop long COVID? Yeah, so anyone who had COVID-19 can get long COVID, including children, young adults, and those who were not very ill when they had COVID. But studies have shown, though, that there are some groups of people that are more affected or may be more affected than other groups. And that includes um, you know, people who had severe COVID illness, um, especially those that were hospitalized and needed intensive care. Also, people who had um, underlying health conditions prior to COVID-19. Um, and then those who did not get the COVID vaccine. Um, also, uh, people who experience um, MIS, which is moldy system inflammatory syndrome. Um, MIS is like a rare but serious condition where uh, different body parts become in severely inflamed. It's a, a, a very serious condition. Um, uh, and then also our older adults are more at risk, including those in our nursing home population. And then um, also uh, people affected by health inequities, uh, including people from racial or ethnic minority groups or people with disabilities may also be more likely to develop COVID. Is there a way to prevent long COVID? Well, um, so... The CDC states that the best way to prevent long COVID is to protect yourself and others from getting infected with COVID in the first place. Um, so for people eligible, getting vaccinated, staying up to get date with your vaccines against the COVID-19, um, can you know 
best help prevent COVID um, infection and protect against severe illness. Um, research suggests that people who are vaccinated but experience breakthrough infection are less likely to report long COVID compared to people who were unvaccinated. Is there a treatment for long COVID? Um, there is currently no proven treatment for long COVID. Uh, based on current information, um, most COVID conditions can be managed by the primary care provider, um, you know, who can treat and reduce symptoms of long COVID. Um, and on uh, <clears throat> June of 2021, excuse me, <clears throat> the CDC um, did uh, release some interim guidance on evaluating and caring for patients with co post-COVID conditions. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and we can add the link to the chat for that, Kathy. Um, and so the understanding of post-COVID conditions remains incomplete and guidance for healthcare professionals will likely change over time as evidence evolves. Um, there are ongoing studies and progress to better understand long COVID. Uh, the CDC um, is using multiple approaches to understand post-COVID conditions and to try to estimate how many people experience it. Um, and each approach can provide a piece of the puzzle to give us a better um, picture of long COVID as a whole, including who may experience it and the symptoms related to long COVID and how to treat it. Um, and for example, there are studies um, that look at the presence of long COVID based on self-reported symptoms, um, while there's others that collect symptoms and conditions recorded in the medical record. Uh, some studies um, only uh, focus on people who are hospitalized, while other studies focus on people that are not hospitalized. Um, the estimates for how many people experience long COVID can be quite different uh, depending on who was included in the study, as well as how and when the study collected the information. But estimates of the proportion of people that who had COVID-19 that go on to experience long COVID can vary is still being researched, but some data suggests that it's as much as 13% of people who had COVID um, experienced symptoms at one month or longer after infection. And that 2.5% um, of people still are having symptoms three months or longer based on self-reporting. Um, and then for those that are hospitalized, they're seeing it as much as 30% of those people are reporting symptoms at six months after their initial COVID infection. So there's still a lot of research being done on that, but this is what some of the beginning research is showing. Um, the CDC and other federal health agencies are working to learn uh, more about short and long-term health effects associated with COVID and why, who gets it. Um, and scientists are learning more about how new variants could potentially affect long COVID. Now they are learning what groups are at higher risk and uh, if different groups of people tend to experience different types of post-COVID conditions. Um, I wanted to highlight several of the studies that are going on include the CDC's INSPIRE and also the National Institute of Health's RECOVER studies. Now these along with many others will help provide um, better understanding of long COVID and how it is treated. Um, and with, for the uh, National Institute of Health's Recover study, they are now um, actively recruiting for that study. They're looking for both participants and sites to enter into the study. They want to include up to 40,000 people um, from all over the country. Um, and um, if you're someone that's interested in being part of the study or learning more about it, um, 
Uh, we'll post a link here for you that you can review more information on that. All right, so I've put both of those links in the chat. And for anyone who is listening to this as a recording later, I will include those links in the descriptions, either on YouTube or our podcast. If you want to contact Shirley directly, you can reach her at 1-800-642-8686 and enter extension 7805. And you can email her at ssullivan at qualityinsights.org. And you can check out our other interviews by visiting qualityinsights.org slash QIN slash multimedia. Shirley, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me.